All right, fellas, it's Wednesday night, which normally is supposed to be Monday night, but we've been doing some Wednesday night editions of Sweep the League. It's Rudy Campos Jr. It's Stats himself. It's it's one-on-one. This is the intimate episode of Sweep the League because everybody's on hiatus right now. Hey, it's coming up to Christmas time. We've got mixers. We've got galas. We've got everything coming up. So everybody's taking their vacation at this time. It's myself. It's Stats here. It's Sweep the League. Before we get going any further here, uh, don't forget Baller Boys podcast every single Tuesday night. I am Refocused Radio with Shamaya on the Beats. Yes, some great, amazing, amazing uh, interviews going down with I am Refocused Radio. Shamaya on the Beat internet radio station. That's a lot. That's like a tongue twister right there. But not as big of a tongue twister as the D. Gervin Big Mo show. Uh, every single Monday night on Facebook stats. Um, we, we came off of a, a very tri- tiring weekend, man. We had boxing all last week. Yeah, man. DMB promotions, uh, knockout event, very successful. It was a lot of fun too. I mean, you know, uh, you know, us covering it from the media side of things, it, it could have, it was a little stressful and it was, um, you know, we had to try and get everything in there, but I mean, that just comes with the territory, but all in all, man, I, I enjoyed the experience, even though, even when we were working, you know, what was your, what was the best part of your weekend at TMB? Like what, what was the one thing that stood out? Because you worked your tail off, you and Shamaya, we, me and rock covered um, the live duties and, you know, all this, all the videos and stuff as far as posting them. But what was the one thing that stood out for you at TMB? Uh, just the energy, man. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, we, we've covered multiple events uh, like this for TMB promotions. And uh, one thing that remains constant is just the excitement, the energy that comes with it. it and I, to me, because I'm a big wrestling fan. So I'm um, just hearing those crowds go wild and get so enthusiastic about the fighters and the people that they're rooting for the people that they're rooting against i mean everyone loves a good face and a good heel in a fight um and this this show delivered that and really just just brought an action-packed show to everyone and um just the energy even even though we you know we were working man we were doing our thing and uh my back was a little sore after <laughs> After, I was uh, gonna say I, I was gonna go get you a uh, one of those uh, massages you get from the Asian guys at the mall. I've gotten yeah. those before, and they they hurt. They hurt pretty. Oh, they bad. hurt. But did you feel good at the like in the long haul? Um, yeah, I, I guess you could say I did. I mean, they they randomly popped my back too, and I'm like, oh wow, okay, that felt really good. That was really much needed. But I think I did feel good in the long haul. I, it hurt for a little while. I mean, I had to come home and kind of ice ice the back down a little bit because they are a little rough on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I should have got you one of those, man. You definitely probably could have used it after after Saturday night. Yeah, it was it was a long night, man, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and that's that's the thing. Like you ask any media person, they're gonna tell you, man, it was hectic. It was it was busy. And it was probably exhausting. But they'll tell you no matter what, no matter what they went through that they enjoyed it like they had a good time with the the ambiance and just the people and the energy it's it's hard to top that man you you said that you you know you love wrestling i like watching wrestling too i really do but um the thing that i was like man would it be cool for sweep the league to invade a local wrestling organization (laughs) kind of go old school like dx invading uh wcw nitro like i wonder if we could even pull that off uh, I mean, we we got to get in shape first, man. Like we got we got to be in ring shape. We got to go to wrestling school. I I don't. I mean, 
shape. I mean, King Kong Bundy was a big fat guy. Yeah, I mean, Kamala was a big fat guy. I mean, yeah, what, I, what I kind mean, of shape do we have to be in? That's true. I mean, there are all sorts of people out there getting in the ring. So, but it, it's cool. And like wrestling, we can get into wrestling at some point later down the line. But if you ever get a chance to go to like a, just a small little live show, like in a local gym, those are so much fun. I used to go to, um, I forgot the promotion. I think it was, it might've been RCW. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if it was RCW, but they would always uh, hold events at a uh, Woodlawn gym here in uh, San Antonio. Is it RCW? Those, might be I RCW. I, I don't think it's RCW. It's another promotion, but, uh, oh, it was, I think it's Outlaw, Outlaw Wrestling. Oh, I can't okay, remember so, the yeah. exact. Yeah. It might've been Outlaw. But now yeah. speaking of wrestling, Mission Pro Wrestling is this Saturday. And it's at, oh. I believe, at the Peacock Boys and Girls Club. So I know that's something if you if you want to head out there. I mean, honestly, we're going to be ringing the bell Saturday mm-hmm. at La Cantera for Salvation Army, which our, our bucket's going to be revealed this week. And uh, I, I'm not... I'm not super proud of it because I'm designing it and I'm working on it and I, I'm so crappy. I am I am like the opposite of Martha Stewart and everything you see on what is it, Design Home and Garden Channel, whatever you see, wherever they decorate stuff. I, I'm the total opposite. Um I'm the lazy ass when it comes to direct uh, for decorating stuff. But I, I hope it's gonna be a hit, literally a hit. And that might be a little key there, a little punch to everybody's gut. So hoping that we do uh we do a good job on that but we will be out there this uh saturday i will be out there i'm trying to see if anybody else will be out there as well uh lock and that collecting for the salvation army parade of kettles will be sharing our barcode as well our scan code qr code that's what you call it right i don't mm-hmm. i don't know you yeah, kids you have it. different damn names for shit yeah so the qr code we'll be sharing that out but yeah, I, I don't 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 undersell yourself man i'm sure you did a great job on that on that kettle um we'll, we'll find out i'm gonna obviously i'm gonna share the picture in the group chat and okay when i when i see rock send me the laughing emojis i'm gonna i'm gonna just rip the kettle in half and say you know what we're not doing this anymore we ought to have uh we ought to have rock dress up like zeke and have him pop out of the kettle it's a very small kettle but yet yeah, rock wears small shorts uh, he's used true. to small things not in, <laughs> not in a bad way not in a bad way rock of course so speaking i mean not in a bad way but Real quick, the thing that I want to really start off with is these, and I hate it. I really hate it, man, because every every fucking weekend, we every week we talk about the Cowboys. And I love how this all started because of that one episode he said, "I don't, I don't want to talk about the Cowboys ever again." And it seems like they've never lost since then. Yeah, and you were in Cowboy Country. I mean, why can't the Houston Texans be any good? That that's what I don't understand. But unfortunately, you have your Dallas Cowboys sitting at what nine and three, and they're second in the division. Obviously, face they're uh, trying to catch Philly. But every damn year, dude, take last year for example, twelve and five. I mean, every year that they're having a good year. You know, in eighteen it was ten and six. You know, go back to twenty sixteen, it was thirteen and three. It just seems like. Cowboy fans are so hyped up, yet they haven't seen the Super Bowl since 1995. Are they gonna? Are they due for a letdown? They've got to be due for a letdown. It, you know, so this is either going to end up being the season they win the whole thing, or they're going to provide the fans with another classic meltdown. 
But you said it earlier. You said it on multiple shows, you and Rock, that the path has gotten easier, especially with Jimmy G out for San Francisco, which I don't buy the Jimmy G shit about him being out that the Niners are going to suck. I don't buy that. I really do not buy it. They have, yes, you have Brock Purdy at QB, but you have Debo Samuels, you have Kittle, you have Ayuk, you have Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you've got weapons right there. You've got an offensive line that is really, really good. And now on top of that, You've got a defense, a stout defense. Everything looks purdy for one Brock Purdy. We can't deny that. So that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know if you buy the hype. And again, you said, well, it got easier for them. Did it really? Like, did it? I think it did. Um, now, here's the thing. I, I don't believe and I never came out and said that the Niners suck. I don't. I will, uh, wait, basically what I was saying is I don't think that they can make the Super Bowl now. I think Jimmy G provided that veteran yeah. leadership. Um, I think he, I think experience makes a big deal in the NFL. Um, and it, it means the difference between sucking and making it to the next level. And I just don't think Brock is experienced enough. Um, I think he's he's a nice dude. He's got a great story. And everyone loves a great story. I mean, you know me, the wrestling fan. Wrestling fans love like supporting a wrestler with a great backstory and a great journey. Um, and he has that, but in, of course he has a great supporting cast. He's got a great head coach, a uh, good defense, good offense. All the pieces are still there to protect him, to help him succeed. But I think he's just green. And I think that lack of experience is going to catch up to him. Um, as far as leading down the field, I think the defense is going to be kind of tired too. Um, Cause Jimmy was able to get the ball down the field, keep the defense off the field. Um, but I think Brock is going to struggle at times. And uh, I I don't think they're bad. I think they're still a good team, but I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender right now. Wow. Why is, is it just my hatred for the Cowboys that I think that they just don't have enough to beat the Niners? I don't know. I, you know what? Okay. I'm gonna apologize to Cowboy fandom because they do. I, I can't I can't I can't say that their defense can't stop the Niners. I really think their defense um number one this year, I think overall. I mean, I'm not saying stat wise, I'm just talking the way that they can just turn it on. I mean, Michael Parsons, I mean that just him alone, he's the new Aaron Donald of the league. I mean, that's like you know, I'll give them credit. I give them credit. I think this Cowboys team could beat the Niners. I think I think they can definitely give the the Eagles a game. I don't really see anybody out of the NFC. I mean, the NFC South is the equivalent of division, you know, like 1A football playing against division 5A football. I mean, there's there's really no competition in that division right now, but anybody else in that conference <laughs> The NFC North is crap outside of Minnesota. Now, I will stick to my guns. I did pick Minnesota to win the Super Bowl. I did that from the very beginning, and they're sitting right now at 10-2. I still have them winning the Super Bowl. That is my Super Bowl pick. I Can the Cowboys beat a Minnesota team twice? Is that possible? Or is that the meltdown? Uh, is that the letdown right there? I think it's possible. Um, I do think that... Uh, that game against the Vikings, the, the just the demolishing that the Cowboys gave them is, it's a little over exaggerated. Um, I don't, 
I don't think that the next time that they meet, if they do end up meeting, uh, if they are set for a collision course, is going to go that way at all. I think it's going to be a a much closer game. The Vikings are going to rebound. But again, it's like the NFC this season, is especially the door has been wide open now for all these other teams, for teams who are good enough. But, you know, maybe they've struggled over the years to get in there and make a name for themselves. Like the Cowboys, they can shake off the reputation the vikings can shake off the reputation of mediocrity that they've had for these past like three or four years where they've had good stables like they've had good rosters but they just haven't been able to get the job done um and the vikings this season have been good they've been pretty darn good and you know um their head coach is definitely contender for coach of the year i think nick sirianni should probably win it but um yeah, he, what he's done there in Minnesota has been great, but I still don't trust the Vikings. Um, they they're one of those teams that, yeah, they've they're ten and two, like we said, but over the past years they've dropped games that they should have won. Um, they've made mistakes, and uh, that just adds to the confusion and just the insecurity that is the NFC. Because as we know, the Packers are floundering. Tampa Bay is nowhere near what it was. Uh, the Rams have have come to a complete stop uh they're in a free fall right now uh, they might end up out of the league at the end of the season at this rate but you know <laughs> so okay for right now and we're heading into week 13 cowboys would travel to tampa bay is that a game they win yes convincingly yes so say they win that game as of right now they would play the winner of minnesota and Seattle. Do they win in Minnesota? In Minnesota right now. I can see it. I th- I think I have to I think I agree with you on the Tampa Bay game. I still think the Minnesota game is is tough. I really I think you're I think what you said is perfect. They you can't really go back to that game and say we blew them out. That's it. It's guaranteed to win. Playoff ball is different, man. Nobody expected the Niners to come in and beat the Cowboys last year. Nobody. It should have been Cowboys, you know, not necessarily an easy victory, but it should have been a Cowboys win. So anything can happen in playoff ball. Yeah. And I, the two opponents, it's interesting because the, the two opponents you just mentioned, like what's the Achilles heel of Tampa right now? Uh, well, I mean, they got a lot of heels right now that are very fragile. Um, but Offensive uh, line is killer. Yeah, the the O-line, Tampa Bay has struggled in the run defense. And uh, what do the Cowboys do best? They run the ball down your throat. And they're going to chew up clock. They're going to keep Brady off the field. Um, They're going to get the defense tired. So um, I I don't see the Cowboys having any issues with running over uh, Tampa Bay. And Minnesota, I mean, we can talk about Minnesota. Like, Minnesota's looked fantastic this season, but um, they have had clutch issues. Uh, They've almost lost a few games. Uh, the Bills essentially dropped the ball, literally dropped the ball um, in that Bills Vikings game and yeah. uh, basically handed the Vikings that victory. Um, and that's not to say that the Vikings didn't play well. They they fought their their asses off to get mm-hmm. to that point anyway. So they they did work hard. They put in effort to get there. So you can't demean their, their performance, but they probably should have lost that game. Um, but the Vikings struggle much like Tampa Bay. Uh, they struggle against the run uh, defensively. And again, it all comes down to what do the Cowboys do best? They run the ball. And uh, they're going to chew up clock. They're going to keep Cousins off the field. They're going to keep Jefferson off the field. 
and they're going to tire out that Vikings defense. Well, with Pollard, I do. I still don't trust Zeke. I, really I don't. it's interesting. I think I I'm not a huge fan of Zeke, but I do think he gets. I think he gets most of his flack because of his contract. If he wasn't paid that giant contract, then I think people would wouldn't be as hard on him. Um, he has played better recently, and I think they have something with Zeke and Pollard. Um, I know we touched on it in the last episode, but I think they should sign Pollard to an extension like ASAP. Uh, I think they've got something with him, and I don't think he's going to demand that much money. No, he's not. I think he's going to be probably going to get a, a decent amount of offers from other teams, but it's nothing that Jerry shouldn't match. And you know what? If you've got to cut Zeke, this is probably the best time to cut him because you're not going to be on the books for $30 million a year. I think it's like $11 million or a little, or like just under 12 That's easier to swallow than losing $30 million because you cut Zeke Elliott. I really don't think Zeke's the... The guy, you want to keep him, he's, a, he, like I said, well, well, about a week ago, two weeks ago, the fact that Zeke is probably Jerome Bettis now. He's that bruising back that can go line, get in there in the goal line, you know, kind of spell Pollard a little bit. Pollard is just a massive change of direction back. He does so much good for that offense. He may, okay, Zeke makes Dak look bad to where Pollard makes Dak look great. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think Dak plays a whole lot better with Zeke. I mean, with uh, Pollard in there. I don't, yeah. I, I, you see that it's night and day, man. It is night and day with Pollard and Zeke in there. So, okay, forget it. Last thing on the Cowboys thing is they run through the NFC. They get to the Super Bowl. They're sitting there against Kansas City or Buffalo. No Von Miller for Buffalo no more. Hurts their defense. I can see the Cowboys beating a Buffalo team because, well, they done it in the past, a uh, long time ago, Super Bowl histories. But the Chiefs, man, I I, I can't see them. I, I just can't see them beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I really can't. Interesting. You, you don't you don't think they have a shot at all at beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? Quarterback play goes for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Receiving core, ooh, that's almost a push. Only because if you throw in Kelsey, he kind of he's better than Lamb. Is that a better? Is that a good assessment, or are they the same? Uh, I would take Kelsey over Lamb. Okay, so we'll give the Chiefs receiving core then. So because of Kelsey, obviously running backs goes to the Cowboys. Lines, offensive line, about even. Can we we can probably agree on that? It's about even. Um defense. Cowboys have a better defense. Whew. 33-30, Chiefs. I think it's close. Ooh, you got a high scoring game, huh? Uh yeah. When you've got two of the top five offenses in the league, I, I think it's a high scoring game. I hope I have three zero on my numbers at that time, if that's the case. <laughs> I can make right. some money off of that, but I. What do you think? I mean, you think that you think the Chiefs could beat the Cowboys, or do you think like you've been saying this is the Cowboys' year? I think they can beat them, man. I think they can beat the Chiefs. I think Parsons is going to give that Chiefs line a big problem. Um, the Chiefs' O line's all right. Um, their run game is all right. Um, Pat Mahomes has been throwing the ball a lot, and 
Um, that opens the door for mistakes, man. Um, he's going to get rushed. I think, again, like I mentioned, Parsons is going to rush him, get to him. He's going to have to get rid of that ball. Um, really, the only threat they're going to have to worry about on defense is Kelsey. Um, and we've seen defenses allow big games to Gronk back when he was with the Patriots, um, but shut down everyone else, essentially. Um, and I can see the Cowboys doing that because, again, it's just the Chiefs. Th- this is where the Chiefs' lack of offensive weapons comes into play here, uh, whereas the Cowboys have a bunch of weapons. Even They don't have OBJ right now, and they still have more weapons, I think, um, than the Chiefs actually have. And the Chiefs are injured, too. Like, Meikle Hardman's out right now. Uh, Juju, I think, is hurt, too. Um, so they're running thin. MVS has always proven to be inconsistent. Um, so the, the Chiefs are going to have a hard time on offense. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's. I, I get that. But, you know, speaking, we're transitioning now. This is Sweep the League. Comes to you every single Monday or Wednesday. Tonight's Wednesday night. Uh, don't forget Baller Boys podcast, uh, Iron Refocused Radio, Smile on the Beach Internet Radio, and the Digger of a Big Mo Show. All a part of Sweep the League Network. Transition because you brought up a name. OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. Being rumored to the Dallas Cowboys, apparently comes out today, hey, Dallas is not going to sign OBJ. They're concerned concerns over the um, uh, his, I guess, physical that was going down or whatever. He may not be ready till probably the playoffs anyway. You made a, you made a group chat mention saying OBJ to the Chiefs, possibly. So if OBJ was to sign with Kansas City, does that make them the instant favorite? Because now you're giving Mahomes a weapon that, dare I say, probably a little better than Tyreek Hill, especially in the red zone. I mean, big guy, body can get up, remarkable hands. Um, Speed's not there, but I think it factors into Mahomes a lot better because then you can use guys like Kadarius Toney as your speed weapon. Um, it frees up a lot of other guys to get downfield where Kelsey and Beckham could easily just murder defenses, murder secondaries, you know, in that short game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it opens up the field and that's the big, I think that's when Mahomes is dangerous is when there's multiple weapons um, across the field and their guys just get open easier. I think it's going to help Kelsey a lot more too, if they do sign OBJ. Um and personally, I mean, you mentioned all, all those great points. It frees up everyone else. Um, I think the Chiefs is the is the best destination for OBJ right now. Honestly, I think he would make the biggest impact. He would feel relevant on the team because I think even if he had signed with Dallas, you still have to deal with Gallup, CD, Schultz. Yeah, OBJ would be the name, but come on, realistically, like it's going to be more of a share, an even share, or maybe even less than that. Uh, who knows how much action he would actually see. Um, if he had signed with Buffalo, he'd be the third guy. Uh, he'd probably replace Isaiah McKenzie, which even then the Bills don't have to. McKenzie's been very serviceable mm-hmm. as their third receiver. And, you know, Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs have been a good tandem already. Um, but I think OBJ would add significant value to that receiving core in Kansas City because the big thing is, you know, you just went through the names. Like, you got Juju, Kadarius Tony, but... The other big thing we have to consider is injuries. Um, all of these receivers on the Chiefs have just been hurt. And uh, who knows what their receiving core is going to look like come playoff time, come Super Bowl time, if they do make it. So OBJ would be an instant threat uh, right from the get-go, and defenses would have to focus on him. 
Yeah, and I think that's where I'm looking at it like, man, if OBJ does go to Kansas City and if he's ready for the playoffs, that that definitely puts him over Buffalo. I, I think because you're giving Patrick that kind of weapon, and I'm like, wow. Now, this is to say that OBJ is back to somewhat of an OBJ type player. I mean, if he comes in and he's struggling because of the injury, then yeah, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't do him any good. But I mean, the destination for him, if he wants to win another Super Bowl, would probably be Kansas City. I can't see him going to Buffalo. I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, Gabriel Davis is a perfect complimentary piece to uh, Stefan Diggs. McKenzie uh, out there is another one. So I can't. I, I think if Buffalo was to ever look for anybody, it'd be a running back more than anything to help uh, Josh Allen. But. Out of everybody else, I mean, Baltimore would have been a nice spot for OBJ, but with Lamar kind of injured already, it's kind of like, well, why, why, you know, we don't really want to need another weapon right there. Um, Cincinnati, yeah, that, no, Miami, go yeah, ahead. That Ravens team, oh my goodness, um, it's it's like disgusting. Yeah, and it's not to say like this isn't a diss on the players or anything, but that whole situation is a giant mess. Uh, the is. entire offense is a mess. It is. It really is. I I, I agree a hundred percent on that. But where's what? Who's to say that there's one team that hasn't really been mentioned in the OBJ talk, and that goes to Tampa Bay. Now you got Mike Evans. Godwin's there, but adding a weapon like OBJ, because one thing that Brady is missing is the tight end position. Doesn't have Gronk. He's more, he's most success has been with Gronk, Aaron Hernandez. You know, the tight end position was huge for Brady. So giving him another weapon in Tampa Bay, that's a, that's another one where it's like, okay, okay. We just need to protect Tom long enough to get the ball down there because now you don't see Evans getting the double teams. You kind of free him up. I mean, that that's one team that's, I think no one really talks about that. You could see potentially making a move for OBJ, especially if it's just a one year deal, man. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's Tom's last, last playoff push. So ultimately I think it is going to be, Kansas City and Dallas back and forth, even though Dallas said no. I still think Jerry has a feeling that he wants to kind of still get OBJ on the roster somehow. I don't know if it's Jerry completely saying no on it. I think it's the coaching staff and maybe Stephen Jones that are kind of skeptical on it. We're going to keep an eye out on the OBJ situation. This is Sweep the League. I'm here with stats. Everybody's on vacation. And speaking of vacation, man... Ah, Draymond may need to go on one, like seriously, because oh yeah, Draymond he's choosing LeBron over Michael when it comes to the goat talk. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I'm gonna read a couple of comments, and you just tell me. And this was on, uh, I believe, Draymond's podcast that he's got. Um, I'm trying to confirm that. I think it was on his podcast, and they were talking about Jordan versus James. So one of the comments is. I'm sure one of the old fucks going to say you out of your mind, blah, blah, blah. The talent is better just like the talent at Apple is way better than the talent working at Apple in 91. Okay. So the talent right now is better than back in back in the day, I guess, when Apple was there. 
says Braun started in 03. By 2005, Braun was the best player in the NBA. In 2020, he was still the best player in the NBA. He was the best player in the NBA no matter what the game did. The game went from two slugs, like the game went from two slugs, like two big men, to a stretch four big men, back to two big men, to no big men. Jesus Christ, pretty much. And he's been the best no matter what. When you look at the teams that Braun has carried to the championships or carried to the finals, MJ didn't beat the greatest team ever assembled. I have a problem with that. Nor did he run up against the greatest team ever assembled every year. You look at the skill set that Braun has, there's nobody that has never played the game of basketball that can do what LeBron James does on a basketball court. Nobody. Another one. Y'all want to be like Mike, but what LeBron has been able to do and how he can control a game like do it this long. MJ retired. This shit is grueling. Going to the finals year after year after year, Braun went to eight or nine straight. MJ took a break right in the heat of that shit. I'm going to stop there. Clearly, he's taking Braun over MJ. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hands down. Is this a recruiting thing? Because Draymond's really been on a LeBron kick this year. Like, more noticeably, a LeBron kick. Is he trying to play on the Lakers squad? Because, remember, the Warriors are not exactly turning heads in the standings. I I remember talking to Derek Gervin beginning of the year i said if golden state is struggling and they're not in the top six by trade deadline i guarantee they're going to trade either draymond or clay they have to they have to do it they're number 10 right now 13 and 12 playing like absolute dog shit is this draymond's way of saying trade me to the lakers i want to go to la or is he have some water does this hold water is lebron truly the greatest of all time I think he genuinely believes that. <laughs> I well, think it's, I, yeah, I think I it's all legit. Yeah, I think it's all legit. I don't think it's some ruse to try and get his get his butt to L.A. Um, <laughs> which, interestingly enough, we're, we are going to talk about L.A.'s uh, potential trade talks here. But uh, they are looking to trade. But um, I uh, I did see also on that, uh, I saw a quote from his podcast. He Or it might have been some other podcast. He mentioned he wants to play for four or five more years. <laughs> Um, Ron or Draymond? Uh, Draymond. Oh, well, that's fine. He doesn't do shit anyway. So, <laughs> and it's because, uh, what I understand, he's going to try and he's going to accept like a player option. I think he has like a $27 million player option at the end of the season. Jesus Christ. Like really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. I, I hope he accepts that or at least takes that in because. There's no way he's getting 27 million somewhere else or anywhere for that matter. Jeez. Yeah, no, no way. Um, and I, and on this podcast, we've talked about the issues with Draymond. Um, to me, Draymond is one of those players that is not evolved, um, with his team. He has stayed stagnant. Um, don't get me wrong. He's good at what he does. He plays good defense, but he is getting overpaid, I believe. And I think he's a tad overrated. Um, and he has not the big thing with and I've I've railed on him before on this is the three point shooting. He can shoot threes, 
he could get better. He could improve, but he never does. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to show it um, on the floor. Um, and even if he did, he's still very inconsistent. Um, then you got guys like Giannis who are at, you know, he's actually trying to get better. Um, his playoff run where Giannis was imp- he improved mid uh, finals run uh, at his free throw shooting. Um, and it, to me, like just looking at that and then looking at Draymond, just, you know, bricking three pointers and teams just actually focusing their defensive strategy on letting him shoot those threes. I mean, you would think it would be a wake up call for him. To, OK, maybe I need to get better at this. Dude, yeah, he's not. I'm. I think he's probably the first one to go. But honestly, I think it's gonna be Clay to get traded out. I think they're just gonna just stick it out with Draymond for whatever reason. They're just gonna stick it out with Draymond. I think Clay's the guy to go. But I, I, as far as Draymond goes and the gold talk, I, it's hard for me to talk because I don't. I I have a certain not hatred, but I have a certain dislike for LeBron. I. I just think that his game is great. He's a great athlete. And I say athlete, great athlete, tremendous basketball player. One of the greatest players of all time. I will say one of the greatest players of all time. But, I mean, if you go back to the Eastern Conference when he was making NBA Finals left and right, I mean, (laughs) the East was not exactly, you know, Top of the dog, top dog, or anything. I mean, it wasn't that hard to come out of the East. But let's be real; it's nowhere near what it is today. No, the NBA is more balanced than it ever has been in the last couple of years. I mean, it it really is more balanced. And you know, back then when LeBron was making all those finals coming out of the East, well, when you have the most dominant team, at least in the Eastern Conference, when it was. Wade, Bosch, and Braun, you're gonna make a few finals. Let's not be let's not be dumb. You're gonna be making you're making a few finals there. So I get I get you know where Draymond's coming from. Stat wise, yeah, Braun is is pretty much up there. Com- you know, appearance wise, finals appearance wise, yes, he's up there. I mean, ring wise, well, how many rings does Braun have? Was it four? Yeah, I, I think know. so. I think he has four. Yeah, so I mean Again, it's like okay, I, it's 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 a it's all bullshit talk. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is probably the one guy who should be the goat no matter what through anything. Then if you want to go about winning, oh well, you got to win to be the goat. Well, then that's Bill Russell. I mean, no one's gonna top that. So it, it goes to show you on the goat talk who who in the hell knows? Like it's kind of like well, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, for me, it's whatever. It's you know. I don't know. Freaking Tim Duncan. I mean, it's a rabbit hole. If this is like a rabbit hole conversation, because I mean, you can get into comparing LeBron's teams and Jordan's teams. Like, let's not forget, man. Jordan had a pretty darn good team. I mean, just I mean, we talk about. Here's the thing, like LeBron's Heat teams. Yeah, they had those big three, but Jordan's team, man, they had depth and like. It reminds me so much of um, the modern day Milwaukee Bucks roster build. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at how the Bucks have built these teams the past couple of years, my gosh, they are stacked. They are deep, and uh, the the Jordan Bulls teams were pretty deep. It reminded me a lot of that. You know, you have your star with Giannis, then you got your second star like Pippen being uh, like Middleton essentially. I mean, yeah. of course, Middleton wasn't as Middleton is not as good as Pippen. Let's not 
you know, I'm not trying to make that argument, but as I'm just talking about like format, like how the two rosters were formatted. And then on top of that, the Bucks had like a, one of the best defensive players in the league with Drew Holiday, who can also score. Um, and of course, Jordan had like all sorts of help, you know, all over the place. Um, you got Rodman there playing some of the best defense possible, playing Ron, you know, king of rebounds. Ron Harper was a hell of a yeah. defender. Ron Harper, I mean, uh, Paxson. Yeah. I mean, Kerr, like you got all these sharpshooters. Um, so yeah, the, the, those Jordan teams were pretty darn good too. Are we really going to compare team versus team? We're going to have to have a little bracket Christmas bracket of which team beats, beats which team and why that would be pretty, it'd be pretty crazy. We have to put yeah. that together. I mean, personally, I think the Jordan, Ooh, this, I don't know if this is a hot take. I think the Jordan bulls would beat the, the big three Miami heat. Oh, hands down, hands down. But would they have beaten the golden state team? That beat their record. That is a debate for another time. <laughs> I have to actually sit down and think about that one. Well, okay, so think of the. It wasn't uh, it was real quick. At one point during the, I think it was the first season the big three got together in Miami. Wasn't their point guard Carlos Arroyo for a little bit? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, just take the. Just take okay, so you have KD. You're either gonna put Pippen or Rodman on him. More than likely Rodman, I would yeah. think. Yeah. Because of the length. But then you go to Steph. I mean, Ron Harper could pretty much defend Steph. If not, you've got Pippen to defend Steph. I would really put Mike on Clay because Clay would probably not get up a shot. And Mike would just torch him. Draymond, I mean, you could guard him with Bill Wennington for all I care. Draymond's not going to do shit. But ultimately, the starting fives, I think, goes to the Bulls. Just just because of the four guys that we mentioned, defenders. I mean, they're, they're going to have so much trouble scoring. And KD's not a defender. Clay's not a defender. Draymond is a decent defender. Steph's becoming a really good defender. But, I mean, when you're asking Steph to stop a Pippen or a Jordan, I mean, it's a little harder. Yeah, they got the size on him. Yeah, Exactly. So, I I think quick take would be I think I would take the Bulls probably in seven. I think it would go seven. Yeah, it's got to go seven. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that one. I think it's got to go seven. Yeah, it's got to go seven. Well... Well, that's like you said. That's a debate for we got to have everybody on the show to debate that kind of stuff because that would be yeah. a pretty pretty cool debate. Um, real quick, shout out to UTSA man Frank Harris is coming back for year seven as a UTSA quarterback. You may wonder, well, shit, how many is he like the thorn melon of back to school going to school like year 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 is he the uh the van wilder of you know schools and he just doesn't want to graduate no not only that he's, he's got a couple of red shirt years um plus the covid year so you you add that all up this is technically his senior year i mean this is what it is right here it's his senior year right now uh this will be the last time we see frank harris in a utsa uh uniform so Go out there, support your roadrunners. They're going into the AAC, I believe. 
the conference. So they're going to welcome that new conference with open arms and with a bunch of skilled players because I do not see any roadrunner unless they are graduating heading into the NFL draft just right now, especially the receiving core. I think they should come back for at least another year. As like I said, as long as they're not seniors, um, they, this receiving core is going to get massive, a massive amount of coverage. So shout out to Frank Harris, who was out there at TMB. Um, stats didn't get to see him, but myself, Rock, and Shamaya did get to see him. Uh, Shamaya talked to him for a little bit too, so he's going to actually do a sweep the league drop for us uh, pretty soon here. So congrats to uh, Frank Harris. See you back next year. And, man, it's you and I, so it's going to be a very intimate, candlelit version of <laughs> Sweeper Keep. All right, sounds good. Thank you for uh, passing it to me, Rudy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the segment called Sweep or Keep here on Sweep the League podcast. Now, for those of you who are just listening to us for the first time, let me go ahead and explain how this works. So you're either going to sweep like a tweet, an opinion, or a comment, which means you don't like it, you can throw it in the trash, or you're going to keep it, which means you're going to put that up on your mantle over your fireplace and cherish it forever. So let's play the game of Sweep or Keep. All right, first one coming up is a quote from the new uh, Jets quarterback, Michael White. Um, And I wasn't sure. It's interesting when I pick these things, Rudy. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of them. Sometimes you have heard of these quotes or these takes. But uh, this one just like I got to hear your take on this one because this is hilarious. So um, this is a quote from Mike White. He says, Zach plows the moms. I take them out. I take them out to dinner. Make them feel a way they haven't felt in a decade. I move in after a few weeks, and you can, and make you call me dad. Are you serious? That is a quote from Mike White. This is, and this is an actual quote. Yes, and this is his quote on him being different, on being a different type of quarterback than Zach Wilson. <laughs> so. Mike, do you want me to read that again? Do you Mike, want me to read it again? No, let me, let me see if I can sum it up here because I'm <laughs> trying to I'm trying to wrap my head. So basically, Mike is uh, wine and dine, and you know, perfect evening where Zach just is 100, you know, pedal to the metal, strip down the mom naked, and let's go type thing. Oh my gosh. Am I reading that right? Am I understanding that right? I think I think so. So I'm going to go ahead and read it again. All right. Let me see. Cause... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to analyze this. We Zach plows the moms. Okay, that's the first. I well, take yeah. them out to dinner. Okay. Make them feel a way they haven't felt in a decade. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I... <laughs> I move in after a few weeks and make you call me dad. How much... How different is that other than... Zach Wilson <laughs> wants to get it on right now. In other words, Zach wants to have a baby in the first 10 minutes of the game as where Mike wants oh. to win the game outright in the fourth quarter. So that way, when the woman is excited, she can call him daddy, huh? I feel like I feel like Mike is looking at this in a more like he he he's playing it out more like a gentleman, but he still gets the job done, you know? So like he's, he's a late a, a man on the field, but a freak in the sheets. I can't really rhyme it, but wow. I don't know, man. I don't um, know. How, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep that. I want to keep it because yeah. I respect the guy that wines and dines and puts a ring on the woman's finger and is like, Hey, I wind and dine. I got you. Now it's, it's go time. You know, you gotta, you gotta respect the woman. Zach, 
But at the same time, you know, there are girls, man. Zach, Zach is, I guess, like he said, plowing. Let's say plowing moms. Is that what he said? Yeah, Zach plows the moms. Wow. I don't know how to take that. I really don't. I'm gonna keep it though because it's pretty, pretty crazy, and I'm I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep it only because I I I like the craziness in that. I don't get why Mike would even make a comment like that. But other than the fact that I I guess is Mike married? Can we confirm he's married? I don't know. Uh, this this when I came across this comment, I was just baffling. Like you've I got me believe. baffled for real. You've got me baffled because I I am literally trying to see if this dude is married. And we're gonna. I, I really. I think he's married. Holy cow! Is he? Well, good. Good for his wife, or good for whoever he's with. You know. So uh, we need to. We need to get Mike White on the show and ask we him do. if he oh really my gosh, did. Yes. If he really did wine and dine his wife, if he is married, I, I'm looking at it now, and um, apparently she was a cheerleader for USF or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's just amazing. And like Mike White just looks like a normal dude, too. That's the funniest part. I know. He looks like an Abercrombie and Fitch model. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This guy's a baby. Like, holy cow, man. He looks like but the you... guy that you go on retreat with. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's funny because like Zach looks like a baby, too. <laughs> No, see, Zach is different. Zach has Zach has that evil tendency look, like that evil look, like yeah, plowing your mom, like you said mm -hmm. earlier. Mike White looks like he's like, I'm gonna shake your dad's hand, I'm gonna kiss your mom on the cheek. But you know what? I can't say it. No, go ahead to the next one. Because if I say it, we're gonna get sued, we're gonna lose followers. No, go ahead. No, good. Go That's ahead. good discipline, Rudy. That's yeah, discipline. I normally on the rated R podcast, I would have gone balls to the wall, but no, we're we're gonna stop right down now. I don't I don't know. I think just the fact that we're talking about this this cut this quote here is pretty balls to the wall to me. It is. We like, might lose a few people, and I'm sorry if we do. We'll we'll bounce back on it, but we do gotta get into these topics because it is a sports topic. It is. It's a very important topic. You know? Plowing is a sports topic somehow <laughs> in some countries. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, Rudy. Number two. This is our last one. So we got another quote here. Uh, this one is from Patrick Peterson regarding Kyler Murray. Oh, I think I heard this. Oh, I, yeah. This one was pretty. This is a pretty hot one. Um, so sweep or keep. Kyler Murray doesn't care about anybody but Kyler Murray, period. That was from Patrick Peterson. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it. Kyler Murray truly doesn't care about anyone but himself. I will. God, I will keep that all day and every and twice on Sundays. I'm not a Kyler Murray fan. I can't. I mean, the guy can't even see over the offensive line. I mean, coming into the league, I said he would not be the best QB in that draft class. And honestly, I don't even know if he really is the best QB um, from that draft because he was drafting the same the same uh, draft as uh, Daniel Jones. And uh, I, I got to look it up here, but I'm keeping it, dude. Kyler Murray, <sighs> he's got the asshole look of him. I, I, is that, I, I think I'm going to go with that. He's got that asshole of a look in him. He really does. I don't. I. He just looks like he cares about himself and nobody else. I. I. I, I agree a hundred percent with that. 
Patrick Peterson, I'm going to buy a jersey of a pa- Patrick Peterson because you are you hit it right on the head right there. What do you think? You keeping or are you sweeping that? Man, I, you know, I think right now I'm going to keep that because he, um, he doesn't, I don't know. He doesn't show that he's the team first. He doesn't act like he's team first. Um, his actions on the field, um, don't really, I mean, like, I think he's overrated as a quarterback in general. You brought up really good points. He's very short. Um, he doesn't make the best decisions either. Um, and don't get me wrong. I don't think he has a good, I don't think their head coach is, is the right coach. Um, they need a new head coach immediately, um, to change things and to potentially do something. But, uh, for him, for the way that he's playing right now, after just getting paid, um, and unfortunately this is also indicative of what's happening in the NFL right now, where you have even just all right quarterbacks getting big contracts and getting big money because NFL teams and management feel like, okay, we have a guy who can do something. So let's just like, we can't let him go. We got to overpay him. We got to give him everything he wants and more um, to keep him hanging around, even though he may not be completely worth the money or have shown that he's worth the money. Um, So I think the Cardinals have kind of put themselves in a hole right now. And um, I don't think Kyler's the guy. Uh, in Arizona. Um, I, I definitely think he can only improve. I think he can get better. Uh, but will he win a Super Bowl with Arizona? I don't think so. They got a lot of holes on that team, too. Um, and that's we haven't even talked about the injuries uh, going on with that team. I mean, sometimes you can't control injuries, but and that's just natural in the NFL, especially. But um, yeah, just all of these things are just starting to implode. Um, on this organization and um, unfortunately Kyler doesn't seem to be motivated I mean unfortunately that's just the media's perspective of him right now and maybe he's maybe he's a really nice guy maybe he is and uh, but I don't think this coach is tapping the best out of him no he really isn't and uh, but again I don't know if a new coach would even help Kyler Murray at all I mean literally at all and okay so I, I said that um I said Daniel Jones was going to be the best QB coming out of that draft class. I just looked at the draft class. And when Gardner Minshew is top three, you know that's pretty fucking bad. So you've got Kyler Murray, 84 touchdowns, 41 interceptions. He really hasn't been injured too much, has he? I mean, he's pretty much played his whole career, like injury-free roughly, if I'm not mistaken. You go to Daniel Jones, 56 touchdowns, 33 interceptions. So 13,000 yards for Kyler passing, 10,000 for Daniel Jones. Daniel's missed a lot of games. I mean, he's missed quite a few games. Um, neither one is a franchise quarterback. I mean, the, the I don't know, man. I'm looking at it like, am I really truly wrong? If they played the same amount of games, Daniel Jones would probably be better on the Cardinals and probably get better stats because of, the line probably being a lot better plus the receiving core. I mean, you're throwing to Larry Fitzgerald your first year. I mean, you're going to get some nice catches, some touchdowns there. Now you're throwing to DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, Jones, I mean, hasn't really – didn't he have OBJ, I think, for one year, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. So, I think he did. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm going to keep the fact that Murray's an asshole because I think he does just care about himself. Kyler Murray, he's only 5'10". He can be so much better. But that's the problem going into this draft. You've got Bryce Young, who is what, 
six foot, maybe five ten, something like that. Going number one, he's the consensus number one pick right now. I don't buy that, man. I think Will Levis is six three. I think uh, CJ Stroud, I believe, is six one. I mean, Bryce Young, good God, great player, great guy. He truly is a good guy, a good teammate, and all. But I think it's another Kyler Murray, dude. Like I really do. Yeah, I, I'm just, just with the height. And everything, yeah. The, he's a better passer than Kyler Murray. I'll give him that. But I just don't see him being that guy. And I hope he proves me wrong because he's my number one pick right now going into going into Houston uh, for the first pick as of right now. The draft was today. But I don't know, man. It's a tough one because Kyler, the potential is wasted, I think, with Kyler. He's not – I don't. I think he should have stayed with baseball, to be honest with you. I think he has more – he would be more – uh, beneficial in baseball than he is in football. I, I really do. I think he could have made a lot more money in baseball too, to be honest. But yeah, can, let me ask this question then. Do you okay. think? Do you think Kyler wins the Super Bowl with the Niners? With the Niners? Oh God! Are the Niners currently constructed by Christian McCaffrey? Yep. Yep. All the foundation. Man. I think yes, and I tell you why, because of Kyle Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan would yep. get the absolute best out of Kyler Murray. He's one of those coaches that has proven wherever he's gone, he's gotten the best out of his QB. Look at Matt Ryan, Super Bowl MVP, everything. I mean, of course, he shit the bed, but with after Kyle left, Matt was never the same. So. I really truly believe that if Kyler was in San Francisco, they they they'd have a legit chance to win a Super Bowl. And for granted, he doesn't have the greatest offensive line. At least in San yeah. Francisco, he'd have a really good offensive line. Yeah. So maybe if he's able to stay in the pocket, he can maybe become a better pocket passer. But because he has to scramble so much, and what drives me the fucking crazy about Kyler Murray is the way he throws on the scramble, like. I mean, it's literally like a duck paddling underwater, lifting off one foot and chunking the ball. You get no accuracy on throws like that. And I don't know if they can't get him to understand. Obviously, they can't get him to read a playbook. But I just can't know if they get him to understand. You have to have your feet set as best as possible. Yeah. And that's that's the terrible thing about Kyler. He's not going to ever want to change. So Super Bowl-wise, yeah. Niners win a Super Bowl with Kyler Murray. I'll, I'll go off that. Now, let me ask you, do they win with Daniel Jones? Are you talking about uh, the, the same Niners team? Same Niners team. Yes. Talking the two best quarterbacks in that draft class. Yes. I think they do. I think, I think they win with Daniel Jones. Actually, Daniel Jones has impressed me quite a bit this season. Yeah, under some adversity, hell yeah. He's got the Giants still in the playoffs right now. All the all the injuries. That's that's been the biggest thing, man. The injuries and somehow Jones is still able to move the ball down the field. Don't get me wrong. Like I think Saquon's the MVP of that team this season. Yeah. Um. But if we uh, the second best, and this is nothing against Jones. I think Jones is definitely up there as like one of the top three most important players on that team. Uh, for me, it's Saquon. Number two is actually not even a Giants player. I'm going to put Dable as number two. Uh, what he's been able to do with that roster. And, really, uh, and mo- yeah, the the way he's motivated this team, um, 
and he's because he, he's kind of tri- he's tried translating and i think just it, we, we can't really see it too well because of the injuries um that have happened on the offensive side of the ball but he has tried and i think he will successfully translate that buffalo like aggressive pass happy offense to this team pretty well uh, but there's a culture change man there's like you can you can read it you can see it like just on the players faces how they're playing they want to play for this coach um they yeah. feel like rejuvenated yeah, I think I I would think Daniel would win a Super Bowl in San Francisco. Hell, Dak Prescott would win a Super Bowl in San Francisco. Probably his best shot from being in Dallas. That's for damn sure. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna just say this. I, I'm gonna apologize, to Cowboy fans. I've been harsh on them all year. They're on a high until the playoffs. So I'm gonna give you Cowboy fans a how about them Cowboys in the regular season only. Wait till the playoff starts and then hit me up to see if they're still hoisting the Lombardi trophy. So for stats, Rudy Campos Jr., this has been Sweep the League. Everybody else is on vacation. We are ringing the bell Saturday at La Cantera between 12 and 4. I will post the times that will be out there. I know I'll be out there. Uh, Sats, I believe you got to work. But uh, Rock's going to be out there next weekend. Surprise, surprise, we're going to try to get a few local boxing celebrities all part of the TNB promotions that we covered this past weekend. Check it out on YouTube on uh, Iron Refocused Radio's YouTube page. Uh, you can catch all of our boxing coverage for TNB promotions knockout. Frank Gore himself was the headliner, but was not the fight of the night. Fight of the night was the very last match between Joseph Johnson and Frank Brown. Uh, last parting shots with the TNB uh, event, Mark. You got anything on there? Man, just keep up the good work. The TNB promotions is doing a good job, man. Good work, just doing good organization. Um, just keep it up. It's a lot of fun, even working on the media uh, side of things. Yeah, they always take. They seem to take care of us really, really good there. I love it. So for stats, for everybody, I'm part of the Sweep the League staff. It's really complicated. Until we sweep the league, league. Oh, dang, I swear, tongue twisted that one bad. <laughs> Until we sweep the league again next week, we'll see you soon, guys. Oh yeah.